Are you tired of feeling stuck, unable to make progress towards your goals despite your best intentions? Imagine breaking free of those self-imposed barriers you might have. You know, the ones that are holding you back from unlocking your full potential. Well, in this episode, we're going to unravel the mystery of self-sabotage and provide you with some powerful strategies so that you can overcome it. Get ready, my friends, to embark on a transformative journey towards achieving remarkable success in all areas of your life. Welcome to Your Success DNA Podcast, the go-to resource for entrepreneurs, business owners, and professionals who are ready to level up their lives. Your Success DNA Podcast. Get ready to be inspired, motivated, and empowered to create the life that you truly want. We will be sharing tips, tricks, and mindset shifts that you need to achieve your wildest dreams. Your wildest dreams. Remember, your success is in your DNA. What is up? What the heck is up, my success DNA family? You know, I've mentioned it a few times. I created a goal-setting program back in the 90s, and I think I refreshed it in the early 2000s. And the reason I'm even reminding you of that is because I'm about to make a confession. I find goal trackers utterly frustrating. Yeah, I know. I created one, and I love it. It's amazing. It does great things for folks. It continues to do great things for folks. But they are that constant reminder of unfulfilled or barely fulfilled monthly goals, which sometimes is a little disheartening. I'm just going to say it like it is. Yeah, I'm going to pull no punches here. If you want someone that's going to be soft and woo-woo with you, you're probably listening to the wrong podcast. I'm going to give it to you straight from the hip. Sometimes I question the purpose of my feckle-mindedness mirrored in my planner, my journal, on my vision board, where my objectives probably change as fast as my wardrobe due to my struggle to complete what it is I initiate. Now, I don't battle with ADHD. Unfortunately, my wife has over the course of her life. So I don't know what kind of a tricky battle it is, but I do have this creative mind that looks around and says, oh, I could try this, and oh, I could try that. and You know, so I'm always starting things, it seems like. And despite my countless attempts to outsmart it, I often find myself on the losing end. Yeah, wah, wah, wah. To compound my predicament, my emotional state, you know, whether I'm really happy or really sad, my occasional lethargy, you know, that's a feeling like a sloth. I just want to sit on the couch and chill. Or my bouts of silliness, right? I just want to be silly. I don't want to go do something goofy. These are the things that sometimes inhibit me from taking the necessary steps that I need to take to reach my goals. Even in the most conducive of situations where I'm aware that I need to begin, I need to start, I need to go, I need to make progress, or I need to conclude a task, I stumble, I bumble, I falter, I trip, I face plant. Think about this. Way back when, it took me an agonizing three years for me to write that goal-setting program, to put up that website. And probably another couple more years after that to build that into a little bit of business, right? How many of you out there have this initial resolution to write that, you know what, I'm going to write this daily. And for the first day, you do it. And maybe for the first three days. And then you skip a day. And you redo it. Then you skip three days, right? How long does it take you to actually make it a habit? Well, my friends, every time I faltered, I imposed this unconscious penalty on myself by 
either deciding to start afresh or, in most cases, to go to a completely different task. It was only recently, well, it wasn't recently, it was many moons ago, but I was reminded recently that I had stumbled across the concept of self-sabotaging. We all get reminded every once in a while that sometimes we are our own worst enemies. And every time I'm re-reminded of this, I look back and I realize that this is exactly what I had been doing at times, albeit unknowingly. To fully grasp this, I had to delve deeper into the identifying signs so that I could alter my perspective. So, all that said, if you're grappling with the question of why you're unable to make headway despite your dedication, despite your passion for your goal, despite your intent and your desire to achieve your goals, you might be subconsciously undermining your very own success. So here are seven indications that you're hindering your own progress. Number one, you're prophesizing your own failure, <laughs> right? Acknowledging habits that impede your desired outcomes can set us up for defeat. And let me say that again. Acknowledging habits that impede our desired outcomes sets us up for defeat. We expect a negative behavior from ourselves that affect the results of what it is we desire. And then we make the expectation a reality. We prophesize our own failure. Now, the solution lies in harnessing the law of attraction to foster positivity towards your intended outcome. Now, I'm not just saying you go, mm, this is the way it's going to be and it's going to happen. No. You need to make sure your self-fulfilling prophecies are working for you and not against you. Cultivate a belief in your worthiness, your abilities, your confidence, and your passion to achieve your goals and surround your success with positive energy and those high vibration thoughts. Yeah. And if someone's out there peppering you with those negative thoughts, maybe it's time to move them aside for a little bit, at least while you're working on your goal. Give yourself that positive space. All right. Next one. You're procrastinating. Whoa. Yeah. How many of us do this? Delaying actions stands in the way of accomplishment. As you procrastinate, time becomes your adversary. Yeah, it becomes that big, ugly monster that you're battling. And oh shit, I forgot to bring my sword. You overcome this by setting smaller, manageable goals and then breaking those down into these little bitty bite-sized tasks. Take your goal, as Anthony Robbins says, and you chunk it down. I take it one step further and say, let's chunk that sucker down even more. Get it to a point where you can bang something out in five minutes or less. I don't care how hard it is, but it's five minutes or less. Okay, let's even go crazy and say 10 minutes. If you haven't broken it down to something that's going to take you 10 minutes to do, you haven't broken it down far enough yet. And when you do that... You set those smaller manageable goals, you get out there, you fulfill them, and you check them off. You begin with one small action a day, just one. Then maybe you're, as you get that one done, you're all motivated, you're jacked up, you're ready to go. You do too. And you slowly build on it. There you go. Procrastination done. Next one. You're overthinking. Filling your mind with hypothetical scenarios only pushes you farther away. While it's fine to visualize and it's awesome to daydream, 
Let's make sure that it benefits you. Don't sit there and visualize all those negative things that can happen. Here's the thing. 99.5% of them aren't going to happen in the first place. 99.5. And of the other half a percent, half of those you can't do a damn thing about. So why worry about them? Just get out there and do your best. Are you going to stumble? Are you going to bumble? Are you going to fall? Are you going to face plant? Yes. If you find yourself stuck in a cycle of indecisiveness, anticipatory outcomes, take a breather and relax. Engage in relaxing activity. Heck, engage in something that is totally nothing to do with what it is you're trying to achieve. Have yourself some sort of hobby, sport, activity that is, I don't know, is full of mindfulness or just fulfills you. Me? I'll come over here and I'll beat on my drums. Yeah. I just go down and quiet. I'll draw. I'll go outside and work on my koi pond. I'll go outside and putz around. I'll go play with my dog. Now, there's other things, right? You know, reciting gratitude, affirmations sometimes, a little meditation helps. Whatever works for you. Get out of your head sometimes, right? Just got to, ugh. Okay. Again. Now, the next one. You're engaging in negative self-talk. Let me say it again. You're engaging in negative self-talk. Now, this usually stems from our inability to love and accept ourselves for who we are. Yeah. We've spent so much time putting up a mask, being plastic face. I lived in Southern California for years, full of those plastic faces. Not everyone. All right. I was lucky enough to find a few very good friends that were real people. But putting on that mask almost fosters our inability to love and accept ourselves for who we are. To take that mask off and look yourself right in the eye and say, damn, you are an awesome person. Because you are. Self-criticism creates a negative self-image that affects our confidence in everything we do. I don't care what it is. In everything we do. The key to overcoming this is to embrace and prioritize you with self-care and self-love. Just, you're awesome. You're beautiful. You're magical. I don't care if you're the ugliest dog on the planet. You're a beautiful puppy. You feel me on this? To somebody, you are amazing. And if you haven't found them yet, get out there and find them. And here's the other thing for me. Sometimes... We are willing to talk to ourselves in a way we would never talk to our best friend in the same situation. If you catch yourself doing that, stop. Yeah, Embrace a little self-love. Hear your own voice telling your best friend what advice you would give them in those very same moments. Heck, for me, I have a best friend that was willing to call me on my shit. I pause and I hear his voice in my head checking me, all right? Next one. You're validating your limiting beliefs. Hmm? This almost comes full circle here. You're feeling a trend on this, right? You see, here's the thing. Limiting beliefs, well, they're a little difficult to break. I'm going to be honest with you. They're often the result of some traumatic experience, be it a childhood experience or Parental opinions just weighed down on us. And we carry those perceptions of ourselves long into the latter years of our life. 
Here's the thing. If you take the time to identify those beliefs and take the necessary actions to dispel them, you can unlock a mindset of abundance and thriving. I took on many of my limiting beliefs across various times in my life. And there was one that was still a little bit holding me back. And I had help from a good friend of mine, Tiffany, who's she's just an amazing woman when it comes to this particular arena of getting inside and rooting around and helping you open up your mindset. And she found one I was holding against my mom from way back when. As many of you know, and if you don't, I'm about ready to tell you, my father was a 23-year veteran of the United States Army. We moved all over the United States. We moved all over Germany. I, I loved it. And then in about, oh gosh, what was it, late 70s, early 80s, my dad retired. And later on in life, I found out that he probably didn't want to retire. There may have been a conversation had between my parents where he was urged to retire by my mom. And somehow, subconsciously as a kid, I knew that. Because I went from the life that I knew into a world that was totally foreign to me. Even though I had lived in so many places in the United States and overseas, mom and dad settled into Southern California, and here I was in an environment I totally was foreign to. It was, uh, what do I do? What's going on? And I was a little bit angry about it. And I held on to that anger till about a half decade ago when it was pointed out to me, says, just let it go, right? Through an exercise. So if you can identify those limiting beliefs and dispel them, man, you can really unlock this mindset of abundance and thriving. The next one, you're overdoing it. Yeah, I get it. There's this societal construct of the workaholic. Look, while working passionately towards your goals is beneficial, overindulging can lead to obsessiveness. Neither one is good, right? You don't want to work yourself into a grave and you don't want to get obsessed by it. Striking that balance, my friends, is essential. Allowing yourself the downtime to relax get your mind right, get your body right, allow you to become far more healthy as a result, not just physically, but mentally. And here's the thing. How many times if you're like, all right, if I just work one more hour, I can get so much done. And you've already been 10 hours into it. Here's the thing. If you're 10 hours into it and you're looking at working in another hour, you're going to be far less productive than if you took that next hour and broke away, relaxed, maybe even took a nap, and then came back with a fresh mind. In 30 minutes after relaxing and chilling and, and getting your you know mind and body just ah, in another space and then coming back fresh, in 30 minutes you'll get more than you could in that hour you were just talking about spending. You feel me? Okay. And the last one I want to leave you with here, you're protecting yourself excessively. See, by avoiding risks, this is what I'm talking about here, we shield ourselves, we protect ourselves from potential failures. We also protect ourselves from the very success we're trying to accomplish. Yeah, This means you're isolating and limiting ourselves from truly experiencing life. Life is full of failures 
and it's full of successes. And here's the lesson I need you to learn, my friends. If you don't stumble, if you don't bumble, if you don't fall and you don't skin your knees, maybe even scuff up your knuckles and scrape your nose, you're not going to see that success that you're looking for because you're not truly getting the lessons. The universe, Allah, God, Buddha, whoever it is you happen to believe in, my friend, will keep putting the struggle in front of you until you knuckle your way through it. To achieve success or progress, you have to be willing to make the decisions to get out there and grit it out and face the possibility of failure. There's a saying that everyone has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. That's almost what we're talking about here. Actually, very much what we're talking about here. It's all great and fine to study. I'm a martial arts fan, so we'll stay safe studying martial arts. Until that first time you get a knuckle sandwich right in the cheek. All that training quite often disappears if you're not ready to face it head on. All right? Heart racing, fear clutching up your muscles. Yeah, what do I do? Let your training kick in, right? Take that step forward. Swing. Take your best shot, okay? Is every shot going to make it? Are you going to hit a home run every time? Hell no. Even the Hall of Fame players only hit home runs, what, 30% of the time? That's supposed to be an amazing score. I'm not a big sports fan, so I may be quoting that number wrong. Sorry if I am. <laughs> but you get me. Stop protecting yourself. Take calculated risks. Stop shielding yourself from potential failures. I'm not saying, no, this is a complete failure and step into it. I'm saying, make the plan that softens the blows as much as possible. Duck, dodge, weave, strike back. All right? Here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen. Self-sabotaging behaviors can hinder both our personal and our professional growth, right? We're not just talking about living a full life. We're talking about being the best we can be at our job as well as our relationship, to our children as well as our friends, to ourselves as well as our God. It's vital for us to understand all the mechanisms behind our behaviors and learn how to counter them. Learn how to dodge. Learn how to weave. Learn how to strike back. It's by shaping our subconscious minds to work in our favor. That's when we can unlock our full potential and achieve remarkable things. So, here's some practical ways for you to combat self-sabotage. Let's understand ourselves. Let's break the cycle of self-sabotage. Right? To break that cycle of self-sabotage, it's critical to identify your triggers, and the resulting self-sabotage behaviors. I know I, I found myself a trigger that if I didn't know what one or two steps I'm going to be taking next in a plan, I would stop doing anything altogether. Sure, maybe the results of the step I just took might change the plan going forward, but if I didn't have a plan to go forward in the first damn place, I wouldn't take the step I was on because I, I didn't feel ready. Yeah? Okay. So reflect on those areas of your life where things frequently go wrong or don't make any progress, where you'd like to experience some more successes and see where you might be tripping yourself up. Next one I want you to think about is be mindful. I want you to focus your awareness non-judgmentally on triggers or behaviors 
that are leading to that self-sabotage. This is going to help you learn more about yourself and foster your own self-understanding. Now, the next thing you're going to want to do is practice a little self-compassion. Don't start slapping yourself around mentally. Remember, do talk to yourself the way you would talk to your best friend. Because research shows that self-compassion is directly related to our happiness, our wisdom, as well as our emotional resilience. Yeah, yeah. By cultivating this self-compassion, you can transition more smoothly from where you are to where you want to be. And you do want to be somewhere better, stronger, faster, richer, poorer, I don't know, right? Otherwise, you're probably not listening to this podcast in the first place. And embrace some acceptance. I want you to practice acceptance by acknowledging that the past, yet you can't change it. I can't go back to the late 70s, mid 70s and tell my mom, you know what? My dad was happiest in the military. Let him stay in as long as he wants to. I can't do that. I can't change it. But what I can do is choose to react differently now to that set of knowledge. Right? Okay. And maybe it just keeps me from doing it to somebody else. And then reframe your thoughts. Try to shift your narrative from fear to a bit of compassionate curiosity. Right? You hear a creak in the darkness. Instead of going, <gasps> you know, that fight or flight, just be compassionately curious about what made that sound. Yeah, yeah, okay, that might be an extreme example, but you get me, right? This can help retrain your brain to become an ally in your journey rather than the enemy holding you back. And finally, let's get comfortable with failure. Yeah, well, I don't know if I want to call it failure. I call it feedback because whenever you do something, try something new, right? You get feedback. And self-sabotage often stems from a fear of failure, a fear of that feedback, of rejection, which is just feedback. You ask that girl out on a date, she says no. That's not failure. That's just feedback. Yeah, right? Now you know. She doesn't want to go out with you. Now you know. Stop wasting your time with her. And you move on to someone else. Maybe she wasn't right for you. Maybe it wasn't the right time. Maybe your father just died the day before. You feel, yeah, right? Okay. And here's the thing when it comes to getting comfortable with failure. By becoming more comfortable with the idea of failure, you can overcome that unconscious urge to sabotage yourself. And that's what we're doing, right? So get comfortable and say, oh, you know what? I'm going to try this. Here are some of the things that could happen. Here's some of the things I did that will combat that. And if it does happen, well, here's what I'm going to do. Big bang, boom. Make, if that's how, the style of person you are, make yourself a plan. If it fails here, I'm going to try this. If it fails here, I'm going to try this. If it fails there, I'm going to try that. All right. So, so I asked that girl out. She said, no, that's fine. All right. This is the other two girls I've been chatting with who just I just send a vibe with. I'm not going to ask them both out at the same time. I'm going to ask this one. And if she says no, I'm going to ask that one. You feel me? I'm making a simplistic example here, but I'm trying to just drive this point home. These strategies can help you combat self-sabotage. And they can move you closer to achieving your goals. They'll move you closer to taking that next task and executing it. And that, my friends, will move you closer to achieving your goals. It's with that right mindset that you can 
indeed unlock incredible potential and achieve remarkable things. All right, my friends, and go back and listen to the part of this that resonated with you. There was some probably some piece in here where you're like, yeah, that's me. That's the one I'm struggling with. Go back and re-listen to that piece of it or re-listen to the whole episode if you want to. Maybe there's one here you're not realizing that is happening to you. Much like I didn't realize I was carrying this bit of anger towards my mom about my dad retiring from the military. Yeah, can't change it. But now that I acknowledge it, it doesn't bother me anymore. And find the strategies that work for you. And with that, I'm going to leave you as I always do. Think successfully and take action. Thanks for listening to Your Success DNA Podcast. Whether you're starting out or you're a seasoned entrepreneur, we have the tools and inspiration that you need to take your life to the next level. So stay tuned for more game-changing advice in our upcoming episodes. And hey, before you go, a quick reminder to check out our past episodes of Your Success DNA for more inspiring stories and practical advice. And if you've loved what you heard, leave us a review and share this podcast with your friends and colleagues. Let's all level up our lives together, shall we? Remember, your success is in your DNA.